Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Ian Taylor and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Paul Morrissey. Rangers return from the international break with a point at Sunderland on Saturday on an afternoon when Ian Holloway's men were once again reflecting on what might have been on the road. But there's little time to dwell on that result at the Stadium Alight as the Hoops are back on their travels to the Macron Stadium, the home of Bolton Wanderers this weekend. And as we look back on Sunderland and head to Bolton on this week's Loftcast, we're also joined by Alex Baptiste to get his thoughts on the last few weeks at Loftus Road. Before we're joined by Alex Baptiste, guys, let's have a, a little look back on the Sunderland result. A 1-1 draw, but as I said in the introduction there, Andy, um, a case of what might have been yet again on the road for QPR. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, like many of the travelling fans, probably got in the car to, to for the long journey home thinking, you know, we probably should have had another couple of points today. Um, but, you know, performance level was good. Uh, just couldn't quite get over the line. Can you put your finger on why we're struggling to get over the line? I guess it's the $64 million question because if you had the answer, then you'd be speaking to Ian Holloway and saying this is what we need to do. But it doesn't appear to be a crisis of confidence because we are creating chances and putting in good performance. Sometimes just on the road, you don't get that, that rub of the green to get over the line. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, we've, we've, we've gone ahead and a, a few games away from home this year. And I think in spells where we've been totally dominating games, and we have done, I think sometimes you just need that second goal. Uh, we haven't been able to get that, so we've always been one and at one nil precarious position. You know, you look at Cardiff, Junior Hoyler gets a, mm. a lucky goal for his hard worker, you, you could say. Um, but no, as I say, you, you go away to Sunderland, who haven't won at home for, for 10 months, and you sense that in the stadium. It was quiet, but you go away, you keep the crowd quiet, you don't give them anything. So your game plans work to retreat. Yeah. You, get your, you get your noses in front from a, from a set play, and you know, you, you, I'm thinking, come on, boys, this is Turn the, screw this is the end of our run that keep, people keep bringing up, you know, and uh, Sunderland got back in the game at half-time just at the time just at a time where the stadium had actually gone, gone gone against their own players, you know, and McGeady is a good player, gets gets half a yard, bends one in with his weaker foot, and suddenly they're back in the game. And I'm on commentary, and I actually said on commentary, I cannot believe this is 1-1, because mm. we were dominant, in control, we just needed that second goal. And I think if we had got that, no question of doubt, I know it's hypothetical, we would have gone on to win the game. Just looking back on that opening goal then, another assist for Luke Freeman and Idrissa Silla's come into the side in the last couple of weeks and what you do know with Idrissa Silla is that he'll keep plugging away and if he gets chances, inevitably he'll take one. It was a, a well-worked set piece. I think the keeper got blocked off, which is something they've been working on in training and it was quite a straightforward header, but you've got to be in the right place at the right time to convert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned Edrissi. You know, he's waited a while for his chance. I thought he did. I thought it was a real handful up at Sunderland. I didn't think they could cope with. I thought the Sunderland back four couldn't cope with anything that was put in the box. And Luke's put a great delivery in from the set play. We've obviously created the goalkeeper, who I thought, you know, we we were targeting. It was obviously a game plan. He was very shaky. There was a lack of communication. Uh, Luke puts a great ball in, as he has done all season. And Edrissi, you know, he gets above people from four or five yards and gets his goal. And then, like you say, having scored that goal, there were chances before the break, Silla, Mackey, um, and then after the break, Luongo, Freeman. And you just think, come on, boys, get the second. Um, and Moz, you've covered a lot of these away games so far this season. And like Andy says, it's not for the want of trying, but sometimes you just need that, that little bit of luck. I mean, Massa's hit a couple of rasping drives, hasn't straight he, from the distance, goalkeeper, yeah. Straight at the keeper, <clears throat> there, half a yard either side, and suddenly you're 2-0 up. I just wonder... 
Uh, what well, with the players, does it become a, a mental thing with the players? You often hear about almost becomes a, a bit of a mental block. But how aware are the players of this run? That as a player going into it, like six away games, we haven't won any of them. We've led in four of the six, which is an incredible statistic, really, when you think about it. We've not won any of them. Do players? Does it start to become? A thing with the players when they're travelling to these away games, going crikey, this would be seven if we don't win this one. I don't, I don't think it does, but there's always people talking about it. You know, we're talking about it today, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> the papers are talking about it. You know, the, the away run since Birmingham City until you break it, it's always going to be there. You've just got to just players. You just got to go one game at a time, focus and try and get that job done. And if you look at those some of the games, I've just written down a couple here. Leeds Sheffield Wednesday got pegged back, but should have won the game. Mm. Missed a great chance with two or three minutes to go. Middlesbrough should have got something from the game when Pav crashes a, yeah, a shot against post, the post. Yeah. Cardiff were in total control until we contribute to our own downfall with, yeah. a, with a sort of the first goal and, and even then right at the end Yenny had that opportunity just and Yenny has a chance to it. And, the other, and the other day I wouldn't say it's clear cut chance after chance but I, 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 I'm game. still baffling how we, how we didn't come away with three points Paul me and you have been here a number of years and if you look back over the 10-11 years that we have been here the away form has been a problem it's not yeah. that it's just this season okay with it you know you look at the promotion winning seasons but even the promotion winning season under Harry Redknapp it, it wasn't good away form under Warnock it, it was fairly decent but there were a lot of draws in there I think uh, looking yeah. back so it's not like it's just a, a present day thing but you, you do know that if you are going to compete in the top bracket of this division your away form has to be there and at the minute that's probably what's proven to be our downfall yeah completely because our, our home form has been very good and up until recently it was outstanding um, it is one of those I think that is why we're all using the word frustration is mm. because you look at how we're playing you look at the quality of players in there we've spoken about the midfield three on numerous occasions and you think we could be you know a lot higher up in the table yep. that, I think that is the frustration if we were nicking points like nicking a draw at Sunderland you think okay you know you'd actually in a bizarre way be more content if you like you go okay we're staying yeah. out of the yeah. out of trouble towards the bottom but yeah. there's that frustration i think it emanates from the fact that you look and think we could actually be a far far higher up on the table yeah. based on our performances potentially four or six points better off because yeah. if you, you turn two of those um, draws into victories that's another four points on the board do you think and we'll, we'll speak to alex about this do you think that the changes and the enforced changes at the back are a factor in this away form probably not though because for the large part we're not conceding many goals away from home it's it's almost our failure to take chances in the attacking third of the pitch that, that's coming back to haunt us I'll probably turn that round a little bit you know you look at we've been decimated at the back I think the players and the management and the coaching staff which take should take great credit from from having to cope with that and what they've done you're right it's it's at the other end in key stages of the game it's probably just that ruthless streak and that little bit of quality, you know, when you're getting in behind the right type of cross, etc. Spoke about it time and time again. Fine margins. You know, people say we haven't won for six. Yeah, we haven't. But we've drawn four and lost the other two by the odd goal. That's how, mm. that's how tight it is, you know. Um, but as I say, until you get over the line, you're going you're gonna to keep having to fend off questions regarding that and the away form and going ahead, etc., etc. But uh, we're close, but we need to do a little bit more to make those close games into wins. I thought um, what Josh Scone said this week was a real interesting insight into the, the dressing room mentality. And the line that uh, stuck out with me was he said, along the lines of, one of these days we're going to give someone a real hiding. <laughs> and I think that is the, 
almost the results aren't right, but there's a bizarre, not bizarre, but there's a growing belief in the mm. dressing room, despite results not going the way they, that we'd like them to, because we're, we're playing well and just not getting the result, you think at some stage, this is all going to drop for us. Like at the minute, we, we seem to be conceding worldies that you yeah. look at and think, how often is that lad going to do that yeah. again in his career? Especially they all seem to be. Great keeper like Alex Smithers. Yeah, and completely. And they all seem to be doing it against us at the moment. You think when things calm down in that regard and we do take our chances, you could actually see us giving someone a bit of a hiding. Well, let's hope it's this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, thanks for joining us uh, on the Loftcast. First and foremost, um, how have you settled into life at QBR? It seems to be quite a, a seamless transition for you. Yeah, it's been good. Um, not, you know, the first few weeks were hard, um, like trying to find, it was just mainly outside of football, trying to find a place to live and stuff and um, obviously moving my, my wife and my dogs down uh, here. So we, that, that bit was hard, but, you know, the football side, you know, it's been really good. Um, I've enjoyed it and, um, you know, we're not where we want to be really in the league, but um, you know, we, I, I think all the all the all the games have been, um, you know, we've been well in all the games, and you know, a bit of luck here and there, but you know, that's not an excuse. You know, we need to obviously start converting the draws and the performances into wins. You talk about the difficulty <coughs> of, of settling in. You've you've been around a number of clubs throughout your career. How difficult is that as a pro to to move house, to move your family, because People will say, well, you know, you're well paid, it should be quite straightforward. But Andy, you're, I can see you saying that that's certainly not the case. And, uh, and I guess you'd agree with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, like it's, it is a stressful transition. Um, you know, we, I've visited loads of places outside of um, after football. And, and the, the problem is it's not the, it's, the, it's how far, you know, it's about five hours from where, yep. where, you uh, were. where we are. So, you know, we had to, I, I've had to go back and forth. Um, a lot of times and obviously keep the missus happy as well which is the main important thing so it's very important (laughs) (laughs) it is so you know it's it's not as easy as everyone makes out did you Andy just just looking back on your career you you obviously played for a number of clubs as well in the north and the south of the country was that a challenge that that you faced not very much so I don't think um, you can underestimate uh, the difficulties of posers it's not a case of playing for one club and joining the one the next day you know you've, you've got uh, wife family uh, I moved from QBR to Sheffield you've just got a new baby you've got that to contend with you know you're looking for new houses you're living in a hotel that sounds great when you're living in a hotel I tell you what after three months it's not great you know? <laughs> especially when you've got a wife and a baby and you're struggling to find someone or you've got uh, your house that you haven't built the builders having problems there's all sorts of that you know and so, suddenly you've got to try and detach yourself from that when you come to train and all play I'd imagine that has an impact on performances as well because it's only natural if you've got people often say, oh, he's, he's settled outside of football, so therefore it produces his best football on the pitch. So if you've got that, for want of a better word, chaos away from football where you're, you're moving the family down, you're trying to sort out houses and whatever else, it, it's going to have an impact in terms of how, how quickly you can settle, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And like, like Andy said, you know, it's... It sounds great living in a hotel and having things made, done for you, but you, you miss the home comfort so mm-hmm. much, and mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a massive part, obviously settling in and, and and getting like you say, getting everyone around you right. So if they're right, then you're right as well. So like you said, it's a massive. It was it was, and it's quite far away. It's the furthest we've had to move, and it's yeah. it's it's quite hard. It was quite hard to be fair. 
Nine appearances now you've made for QPR. Your form has been very good in that time. So it looks like even though you did have initial difficulties settling in off the pitch, on the pitch your form's been good. You must be pleased with how you've settled in in that respect. Um, yeah, you know, I, I always think they could be better. That you know, <laughs> my uncle's the, my biggest critic, and, and and he won't he won't think that. But like I said, you know, I have high standards of myself, and the first few games, you know, I didn't play. I, I didn't play particularly well I thought but you know the past I'd say past five I've, I've done okay um, you know you can't football is so many highs and lows you can't be too high or too low mm. about you but you know you just got to I've tried to maintain like a level level headed throughout my career so you know it's as long as you know we need to like I said we need to start winning games and that's when I'll start looking at my own performances. Give us an example of what your uncle says to you after a game? What's his general debrief? Does he give you a rating out of ten? Like he, 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 he makes me rate myself out of ten, and then and then he'll and then he'll. Does go he think through. you still are ten? <laughs> it, it's it's something we've done all like, all like in my career, and um, he'll, he'll go through the goals. He'll ask if any of my fault, and then. Um, Does he come and watch all the games? He 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 watches he watches quite a lot of the games, um, and then obviously the highlights. If yeah. obviously I'm I'm in directly involved in a goal a little they'll say what do you think about the goal um you know like like and it, it, like I said it keeps me it keeps me level-headed mm. as well so I don't I don't get too carried away with how I play um like on Saturday he thought that I could I could have done better with uh, McGeady's goal so you know I've had a look at him maybe I could have you know what I mean so it's it's yeah. it's kind Mark of marked you down from a seven to a six did he <laughs> did, you, did you have roused him okay, well, I, do you know I, I do get wound up yeah, <laughs> I'm not lie. I do get but you know his family and yeah. you know we, we, you know it's all love at the end of the day but he's got your best interest <laughs> yeah, is yeah, that something so. you do yourself as well because uh, I know I did do you, do, you, do you tend to go back not necessarily on a Saturday night but during the week or after the game do you, do you self reflect obviously you're saying oh, about your uncle yeah. but do you sit there and think you know what could have gone a little bit tighter there yeah. or you know what was a little yeah. bit too far away there or I could have covered there a little bit better yeah. is that something you do yourself yeah definitely and you know I've, I've done it all my especially as a defender you know when you, you, you there's always you always feel like there's something you can do better um and like it, it gives you it gives me that drive and, and that's mm. why you know I, I I keep going I try as hard as I, as I can I may not be the best on the ball but one thing that I will do is I'll give 100 percent and that's that's all I've tried to do my career um, and you, you know it's good it's good to have that you have that negative feedback because like you say people think that I'm doing you've been you know I'm doing all right and I am doing all right but I, this could be a lot better and you can always improve so that's why I've, I try to do that just speaking with Mark Bersham uh, off microphone this morning he said he's in his all his time in the game 20 plus years he's never known an injury crisis quite like it in one area of of the field, the amount of injuries we've had in the in the back three or the back five or the back four, whatever it may be, in the defensive rear guard has been quite alarming. Have you found that quite difficult because you're not having that consistent partnership with one or two in that? Well, the, the, in that the physios cane me because they say that I'm the jinx. <laughs> <laughs> so I said whoever, right, right? Yeah, whoever, whoever plays with me get, some, some, <laughs> somehow gets cropped. But um, you're not kicking them and training, yeah. <laughs> so you can play. I know. Yeah, exactly. At the start, I, I thought I might have to with the way, with the way they were going. But um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's weird out, and, and they're not just small injuries. That you know, obviously Perchy and, and Chief have done yep, really big, really big injuries. But 
you know, touch wood, them two are, are won't be too far away, which is good. You know, after this international break, you know, yeah. it, it gives them another two weeks, essence, you know, to recover and hopefully. But you look at poor Robbo. Robbo has had injury problems for yeah. more 18 months and then breaks his, his hand in a, a training ground. And yeah. He's out for three, four weeks and at that time he was playing absolutely. He, yeah, he was probably one of our best players. Mm. He was absolutely on fire, but, you know, which. There's nothing you can do about these injuries. It's just next man up, and I thought we did really well as a back three on on um, Saturday. Mm. We limited them to not many chances. Mm. Um, so you know, it's it's just like you say, all hands on deck and, and next man up, and you know, we just try and you know, injuries come and go in football, and it'll be me. You know, it will be me eventually. You know, yep. it, no one's immune to them so you know it's just one of those things and you know you just got to deal with it basically yep. and it's led to you playing six games in the space of 20 days how did you find that um i don't i don't mind the saturday tuesdays um the the last one the the fulham game was hard the the, the uh, what day was it would have been the fulham on the friday the friday it would have been the thursday i was really struggling um I was thinking, you know, I, I, because I, it was a shorter day, it was a yeah. shorter rest day, you know, yeah. obviously Tuesday, Saturday, yeah. but it was Tuesday yeah. to Friday and I was really struggling then. But, you know, I, 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 need, I need games. I think that's why I didn't start really well as a, you know, I, um, because I didn't really play at Middlesbrough. Yeah, I played for a while. I yeah, I didn't play for a while and I need... Any games to get my rhythm and yeah. to you yeah, know find my time. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Do, they'll tell you the same. Yeah. You know? So, um, so I actually enjoyed it, and um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the next Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You know, um, plus there's not a lot of training, so I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. more about the games than yeah, the training. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Frustration seems to be the, the key word uh, that you hear around here at the moment from the manager, from the players, because their the away performances, especially having led in four of those games, we haven't turned those into victories, and it's. <laughs> an opportunity this weekend against Bolton, who are bottom of the table, and people might say they're in a slightly false position, and you can't read too much into the table at this time of the season. But another opportunity to get that that first win and get that monkey off our back away from home. Yeah, I didn't know that the um, that statistic mm. that led in four games, and obviously yeah. that's not good enough. You know, we need to actually convert the performances and the draws into wins, and you know. You're, you're completely right in, in terms of frustration. You know, we, it looks like you know when we're where we are, you know, because we haven't been playing well. But you know, in all the games, even the Fulham game, you know, we we I, I feel like on the pitch we've do, we've dominated teams mm. and, and been really in the games. And and like you say, it's it's it is frustration. You know, it is frustrating because we could be outside the playoffs or even in the playoffs. Mm. You know, with four points, and it just seems at the minute that. The Barnsley goal, he's, he's scored an absolute worldly yeah. goal for 25 yards, first time. Uh, the Sunderland, I, I know Geed's a lot, he's got a lot of quality and he's on his weaker foot and he's bent it in with his, with his wrong yeah. foot. You just think, you know, it just seems that Going every you. single little chance that they had, the Fulham, ga- the Fulham game where they've... Deflection. The, the, the deflection where we dominated. The league, dominated yeah. again. It just seems that everything at the minute is just going against us. But, you know, you've got you to earn your own luck and... And we are where we are after so many games, you know, because we deserve to be there. So, you know, like you say, against Bolton, we need to turn it around and get a win. Is it about keeping confidence in the the style of play, the formation, the approach? Because it'd be almost easy to start looking, okay, well, look, this isn't working, this isn't working. But, okay, results-wise, perhaps it isn't, but performance-wise it is. And but for a little bit of luck here or there, the the points would be on the board and we'd be further up the table. So is it about keeping confidence despite results not being what they are? 
Yeah, definitely, and and it, it is hard. Obviously, mm. you know, you look. We we haven't won it. We haven't won in. I think it's six, four, six games now. Mm. So, so yeah, you, you look at that and you think, you know, it's all despair. But like you said, in, in all the games, we haven't. It's been one goal either side, apart yeah. from the Norwich game. Yeah, and the Norwich was, you know, it was late on yeah. uh, the Norwich when they scored, and obviously you're going for the gate, you're going for a goal and that. But you know, you, you've just got to keep keep going, keep believing because you never you never like. Obviously, we were two 0 down against Fulham, and we, we should we maybe should have got something mm-hmm. in the last nine minutes of injury time. So, yeah. you know, you just got to keep going, and hopefully the tide will turn. And you know, you might play rubbish and win one nil, or you know what I mean. And then just one win can catapult you up the league, and then you go from there, and then you see what happens. Great to get the views there of Alex Baptiste. Since um, interesting as well, the relationship he's got with his. With his uncle, um, <laughs> did you ever have a relationship with any of your family members or loved ones that they'd either rate you or slate you after a game? <laughs> As a kid, my dad, yeah, he used to. Uh, if my dad said I did okay, I'd had a blinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, certainly in my professional career, but uh, I used to go home, maybe not on a Saturday night because that's a bit of your downtime. But uh, certainly driving in the car, think about the game. What could I have done better? How did I feel? You know, could I put that type of cross in? So always thinking about it, knowing that when he came in on the Monday morning, give you something internally yourself to work on, not just relying on the manager or the coach. Let's hope he's rating him and not slating him come Saturday evening. And uh, Bolton Wanderers uh, picked up their first win in the campaign against Sheffield Wednesday last weekend. Is them getting that monkey off their back ahead of us going there a good thing? Because I'm pleased, though. Yeah, I'm QPR pleased fans will always say, well, it's set up for a QPR yeah. defeat, then yeah. they're going to get their first win. Um, maybe that is being a little bit negative, given that we have, for the large part, performed fairly well on the road, despite not getting the results, as we discussed. But is that a good thing? Yes and no. <laughs> yes, because you don't want to be the team that goes there and mm. end their run. A good Sheffield Wednesday team as well, let's yeah. not forget. So yeah. they're, they're and play well, much. apparently, for long periods of the game. Uh, and from uh, the other side of the coin, no, because confidence. they'll go in against us with a bit more confidence than what they had the week before. So it's... Uh, it's a, a balance and act really but uh, as I say it is what it is and uh, we go there and uh, yeah, try and get a win that ended a run of eight straight defeats for Bolton it's always difficult isn't it for newly promoted teams to to come up and compete in in this division um, a good good young manager uh, in Phil Parkinson and Sammy Abiobi is now back from injury and scored in that in that game so it's going to be another as they all are Paul at this level another difficult encounter yeah, it will be. I mean, Bolton have obviously got um, difficulties off the pitch. They've got the transfer embargo as well, so that made, has made life very difficult for them in transitioning from League One to the Championship. And you think, actually, they're... Well, I don't know if recovering is the right word, but they're still feeling the effects of relegation in the year we stayed up. Mm. If you remember, it was obviously between us and Bolton on who survived in the Premier League that season. We did, they didn't, and uh, the financial implications of that were, were huge for Bolton, and they're, they're still feeling the effects of that themselves. Cole Henry, of course, is going to be um, playing for Bolton this weekend, we would assume, and um, it'll be very interesting to see how our dynamic midfield trio cope with that challenge, because... Cole Henry, everyone knows exactly what he is, what he's about. He'll certainly do all his best, give it 100%, trying to unrest them and trying to rattle them and doing what he can. I can see him being a, a popular figure with the with the Bolton fans because they want people who are just going to give 100%. And regardless of your views of Cole Henry, 
at QPR, no one could dispute he gave anything other than 100%. He'll be doing that again on Saturday for Bolton, so that'll certainly make for an interesting battle in the centre of the park. I'm looking forward to seeing Josh going up against Carl Henry. I think it'll mm. be a really good battle. How do we approach this one then, as we approach all these games on the front foot? They're quite direct, aren't they, Bolton? And I think if you ask QPR fans, they'd probably say that we struggle against the sides that are, are direct. Um, we are expecting them to be direct, like I say. So how do we approach it? On the front foot, looking to go out and win the game from the from the first whistle? No, I think that's... Uh, the only way that Ollie knows, The only it? way he knows, and it's the best way to be. You know, what we have to be, be guarded against. They've just had a great win, you know, for the first time in however games and how many months, blah, blah, blah. So they'll be uh, full of confidence. So they'll start quick. If I'm sitting in the QPR dressing room, I'll be expecting Bolton on the back of a, a good home win crowd with them that first 10-15 minutes don't give them any lifts you know we've got to stay strong we've got to stay solid uh, give nothing away make them earn anything they're going to get and from that platform that foundation I think we can build into the game and hopefully with the, the quality that we have in certain areas start to, to impose ourselves on them we mentioned it there to, to Alex, didn't we? He thought it was four without a win for QBR. It's actually six without a win now for, for Rangers. Um, at what stage does that become a bit more of an alarming statistic? We've seen nonsense newspaper reports this week about Ian Holloway's future. You know, We've seen all this before, and from what we understand, it is complete nonsense. Um, and, and I think um, the sooner that kind of story is put to bed, the better. But we saw this last year, didn't we, when... Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was going through a tough spell and there was all talk about his future and the Telegraph sting in the newspaper and the players almost used that as a motivation mm. went out and beat Fulham. Yeah. Would the players use the nonsense that's been written in the press as a motivation to say, look, we're, we're fully behind this manager and we want to end this six, six run of... Yeah, it's an interesting point. Uh, it also reminds me of um, when Harry Redknapp was manager and there was an article in the paper regarding... Um, I can't hear something to do with the players on the eve of us playing Southampton yeah, when they were um, that's right and then we went out won the game and it galvanised the group and I, th I, I don't think there's an issue in terms of galvanising the group because you, you can see how they're playing they're, they're, they're playing very very well under Ian Holloway um, and I think should we go to Bolton and get the three points suddenly that draw at Sunderland is a good point two away games and come out of it with four points well wherever you are in the league you take that from two away games mm. so if we could get the three against Bolton that makes it a very good couple of results and then you go into a home game against Wolves Wolves are flying high yeah. and that's what QPR are about they love being the underdog I always find these games seem to be the, the bigger challenge for QPR yeah. Bolton away they're rock bottom of the table there's that expectancy and it always forever and a day always seems to be something QPR struggle with Ian Holloway I think he literally brings it up on a weekly basis about losing to Swindon mm. and they when they should have finished higher than fifth in the table and losing to Swindon he said because QPR and expectancy there's always seems to be that problem I remember it last season against Rotherham Rotherham away I think they'd lost 12 in a row yeah. QPR <laughs> and you could just you didn't even need to to look at the result to know what was going to happen there so that's why personally I'm delighted Bolton got that, that win against Sheffield Wednesday but if we can get that win, it gets the monkey off the back, it makes it two solid results, and then all of a sudden everything's rosy again, isn't it?